0: back to the Storyliner, the show where we turn story listeners into story makers. We're unfolding an ongoing storyline, one chapter at a time, one creator at a time. I'm Daniel Janoff, and this is an interview installment, where we'll be talking with the contributor to our most recent episode, Christine Simic. Christine has worked as a teacher and a journalist, and is currently in the process of completing her debut novel, A Life Like Nowhere Else. Christine's novel unfolds in conjunction with historical events, so she's taken great pains to make sure her story tracks with the facts. An entire wall of her home has been papered over with background material for the story. Thick dossiers of information tucked into file folders affixed to her wall in conjunction with a painstakingly detailed story outline that runs the course of the wall. So I thought it might be interesting to see what it was like for her to change gears with us, from writing in the longest of long forms to something she'd be done with in a couple of hours. When she was done with her submission, we sat down to talk a bit about the novel she's working on, the perils of feedback, and the impact of working with an editor. So, Christine. Yes. Thanks for being with me today. (laughs) Um, Happy to be here. Yeah. So you've done some journalism, some nonfiction. Um, You know, you've also done teaching. Um, And you're working on sort of your, I mean, poetry too. And you're working on, uh, as I understand it, your first capital N novel. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my least favorite questions is, but there is really no substitute for what, what is it about?
1: <laughs> it's about. What
0: is it about? If you, if you don't mind sort of crunching uh, it down. Uh,
1: right. The main character in the story is a woman trying to figure out who she is, which I feel like almost every piece of writing you can make be about that, right? It's why we're wandering this planet, I think, together and alone at times. And so she kind of leaves her life behind and goes and lives in Provincetown, Massachusetts, for a summer. She's kind of starting from this place that's, completely out of her out of her comfort zone she's left her job she's just left her husband she is living in this place that, if you've ever been there, Provincetown feels like you know the end of the world. You feel like you know it's like life on Mars. You really are there. The cadence of life is different. the smells are different, the tastes are different it's the United States, of course, but it's a whole you know the people driving that community are not the people driving any many other communities in the world and so or in our country and so she goes to this place to kind of put herself tip herself upside down and hoping to in doing that she'll start to make sense out of, out of what has gone wrong. And so how do
0: you transition from something like that, where, you know, I think for most people it's months in planning, uh, months in ex- you know, just a, even the first draft that's months, if not years, right. Mm-hmm. How do you transition from something that is so planned out and so, you know, long form and deep to, okay, here's a setup. Um, and you're, you, you cannot really write more than five or six pages. And by the way, you won't, Finish it mm-hmm. here right, right just five pages mm-hmm. what's what's it like transitioning from that undertaking to something like this
1: well, it's like switching genres in a way from oh, I'm going to write a poem now instead of a memoir or a personal essay about something. Um, It's extremely liberating. It was extremely liberating for me. With my novel, I have... So I have seven huge pieces of poster paper around my writing room, and on them there's a 100 million little sticky notes and notes in this color and all the different moving parts of each day. And so... There's an ease to that, a relief to not having to plan, although you still had to plan. I did have the instinct to think, oh, do I need to chart this out? And then I thought, no, I'm actually going to let myself just write this moment. I'm going to just write this. I don't have to tie anything up. I don't I don't have to begin. I know these characters already. I suppose I could have introduced a new character, but I was happy to be at the beginning of this. I, there were characters that I could flesh out a little bit it was like instead of being given i have a 13 year old who used to play with legos obsessively and you'd get like a big box of legos that you have to put something together with and or you buy a kit and this is a little in the little in a little way a kit so there aren't directions to follow but certainly when you have the pieces all there in front of you there was a freedom to write because i didn't have to think of a character's name and all the i mean i can't tell you how long it took me to get my character's name and all the reasons that that's her name and the way it's spelled, it's spelled. And those were all done for me already. And so I could really walk with this character through this scene or a couple of scenes that I wrote with her and not, and be freed.
0: Every bit that I've gotten back from the writer, there's something, there's sort of one thing in each chapter or section or pie piece that um, I've just absolutely loved. In one, it's sort of a, a bit of dialogue or a character or a little plot twist. And for you, for me, it was scene. It was uh, I just that that apartment. It's just it's it just oozes ominous. You know, it's that it's that yeah. You know, they can, when in, if it was a, if it was a movie or a TV, it would sort of the camera would track over the space and you'd know oh shit either a horrible th- crime was committed here or it's about to be committed and I'm already sort of putting my hand to my eyes because <laughs> it just had that ominous thing. And what was interesting was. You know, you, and you didn't sort of explain what it was and, and we're not talking as we we're doing these chapters, we're not talking no. like sharing notes like it's gonna be
1: right. swear,
0: <laughs> this is where she stole the or killed the whatever. Right. It's, it's all but reading it, I was like, wow, this this now this demands an ominous plot twist. It demands an ominous no, no. character thing. It, it something kind of uh, and it was it was cool because I never really experienced a scene creating you know, character or plot. I think. I mean, I don't you, have, you, you haven't actually even read this next bit, but no, your you know that that scene, that that, that great palette, I think is going to inspire a couple of interesting plot and character.
1: And as a writer, it's. A, I can't wait to hear what somebody decides happened in that room. And maybe it won't. Maybe that won't be a thread that gets picked up. But I love the idea of what kind of mind meld can happen from someone who knows where that may or may not have a space that means or doesn't mean the same thing and, and what they can do with it. It's kind of not setting a trap, but (laughs) making ground fertile for, oh my goodness, what can come out of this?
0: How, so I I want to ask you one, getting sort of rules and, and a little, and, you know, frankly, a little box to work in. Mm -hmm. Um, how was that sort of getting this sort of set of rules that you had to work with? And then what was it like seeing your stuff kind of, you know, tweaked and rewritten?
1: It's a great question because I have been in countless workshops, but there are always those workshops where everyone starts with the three things that are good about the piece, and then you move on to, oh well, if you could change something. No, you don't have to take any of these. And um, a little bit when I wrote f- a little bit of journalism, there was some. It was more. It was. It was. It was more kind of facts that would be changed or not changed or checked up on as opposed to style. Um, So it it was interesting. I've personally really liked it. It can be a relief sometimes to have somebody say, this is working, and this actually we need to do this with, and then just have them decide. Because I'm sure that not every writer's like this, but for me, I can waffle and go back and forth, and I change a verb 13 times, and, and, and there's this... You know, I think I talked earlier about having a hard time committing to things, and this just seemed like the relief again of, all right, I'm sending this out, and it's going... You know, certainly you helped me, or you helped that situation by saying, listen, I'm going to send you the edits. I'm not going to just, and most people will do that, right? If you're publishing something, they'll say, we're going to show you what we do to it. So I knew that you weren't going to, you know, tear it apart and then say, oh, this is who you are. This is your writing now. Um, That checking in was good, but I think to not, to have somebody else be responsible for that also gave me a little bit more room to play too. You know, certainly you as an editor are not silencing and you're not a despot telling me what I have to write, no. but, um, but I thought that it I thought it was really helpful to have that criti- It wasn't even criticism. It was just this is what's changing, which was even more relieving than having to think about it. Well, I mean,
0: you, I think I made it clear that if there was something, in yeah, it, I think I made it clear that if, if you know you're you're going to get back the revision, and if there's something, and I didn't want ha- again, I didn't want to do this workshop thing because I feel like that's that process is already out there, and I I didn't want it to be this back and forth workshop thing. But I did, I think I made it clear to you that if there's something that you just know, that's that, that we, could, right, we you could did for sure. And you didn't exercise that. Right. Right. I, I mean, I'm I'm a big believer in um, anybody. Everybody needs an editor. And I I, I one of my theories is that, like, I think, oh, well, that's why, you know, the, the band's later stuff is it's just not as good as that first album. And that's why, you know, so and so's 10th novel. is just not as good as that second one. I think we do. The, the more famous and the more like they are, they've got it. And then they don't need an editor. Mm-hmm. And they, but we all, we all do. We mm-hmm. all need somebody to go, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this one thing. And, I, and I, that I wanted, I wanted everybody to have the experience of, cause yeah, when I think when you have an editor, um, somebody, it, it enables you to kind of be a little more free cause you mm-hmm. know that somebody else is going to,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm just going to roll with it. Cause somebody else is going to help me rein it in.
1: To actually, you know, in a workshop, usually somebody writes a little note on your writing, but to see the words, you changed the words. And then I got to, to, to see that and hear that. And that, I liked that. I liked that actual kind of concrete, like, this is what we're doing. I liked that. And and to speak to, to the other part of your question is those rules at the beginning, or the guidelines, not rules. I think, you know, that it, it's it's, we were talking about building muscles before. It's another great way... It's another great exercise to do, to say, this is the way I'm going to write. In writing, sometimes in our brains are a little bit like kids and they need to kick out and feel, they need to feel something. I think sometimes when, for me as a writer, I need, the, the, having that structure in place, it helps me stay focused on what I'm doing because there are so many, you can go in so many directions. You can do so many things. You can, you know, it's nice to have, to, to be penned in a little bit, dum boom
0: if you could be in the writer's room on any show ever made, current, past, whatever, any uh-huh. show ever. What, uh-huh. show, what what writer's room would you have loved to have been in?
1: The West Wing. That particular show it just had so many moving pieces all the time. And it's so smart. Um that I would wanna I would wanna hang with those people. Like you're good writers and you're really smart. Um and I would want to to tell them to pump up the female characters a little bit more. <laughs> there wasn't enough there wasn't enough of that. So, you know, I'd be there to be in the room and also criticize a little All right, so
0: Aaron when you, when you relaunch the show <laughs> got a little, we got, we've got some notes but you know Christine may may pitch in as well many thanks to my guest Christine Simic if you haven't already please 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 check us out on iTunes and write a review while you're there both help the show enormously if you write a review you're a good person simple as that be sure to check out our next episode coming soon created with a submission from journalist and culture writer, Melissa Locker. For more about our show, visit thestoryliner.com, where you can leave feedback, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, stream episodes, and submit a few pages for our latest episode. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to your submission. Our music and sound design was composed by Stefan Boublil. Logo and site were designed by The Apartment. This episode was brought to you by Squarespace. Look like an expert right from the start by making your website the Squarespace. Its award-winning templates are the most beautiful way to present your ideas online. Stand out with a professional website, portfolio, or online store. Squarespace. Make your next move. Make your next website.